0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of the RCV Roundtable with Austin
1: and Nikita. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning into our last episode about Maine's history with RCV with the lovely Diane Russell, who gave us an amazing insight into the fight for ranked choice voting in Maine.
0: Yes. And now we can finally announce our winner of our tote bag contest. Please give me a roll.
1: All right. Our lucky audience member is Joshua Barker from Maryland. Uh, the thing that he is most excited about for ring choice voting is that third party candidates will be more viable. Um, and of course, we will be reaching out soon to give you your free tote bag.
0: Yeah, thanks for participating, everyone. But yeah, we're going to be continuing our focus in these next episodes on successful states that have implemented Ranked Choice Voting. And today we will be highlighting the RCV campaign in Alaska to further understand how Ranked Choice Voting has truly turned into a national movement.
1: So to really understand the history of Ranked Choice Voting in Alaska, we have to go all the way back in 2002. Uh, in that election year, the Alaska Automatic Runoff Voting Initiative, also known as Measure One, was voted on August 27th, um, and it was an indirect initiated state statute, which is a citizen-led ballot measure that is first presented to the state legislature before being placed on a ballot. And Measure One would have established a preferential voting system, also known as Ranked Choice Voting, but unfortunately, the measure did not pass with, only, with 63.7% voting against.
0: Uh, FAST FORWARD 18 YEARS TO THE 2020 GENERAL ELECTION AND VOTERS HAD ANOTHER CHANCE TO VOTE ON RANKED CHOICE VOTING WITH BALLOT MEASURE 2 IT WOULD HAVE ESTABLISHED A NONPARTISAN PICK ONE PRIMARY REPLACING THE PARTISAN PRIMARIES WITH AN OPEN TOP FOUR PRIMARY WHERE ALL CANDIDATES REGARDLESS of PARTY WOULD RUN AND YOU PICK your YOUR FAVORITE TO GO ON TO THE GENERAL and the top four would advance, and so this would have applied to the state executive, state legislative, and congressional offices. Um, it also created ranked choice voting for the general elections, including the presidential election, and it also included provisions to um, further reform candidate campaign finance and make it more transparent. And that it did so by requiring groups who are campaigning on behalf of, of or against candidates. But not ballot measures to disclose if most of their funding came from a source outside of Alaska.
1: And Measure 2 had a wide range of bipartisan support from independents such as Speaker of the Alaskan State House, Bryce Edgman, as well as the Alaskan Libertarian Party. Um, Alaskans passed ballot measure two, shifting the state to the new voting system. Uh, It passed narrowly with 50.55% of Alaskans voting yes and a margin of 3,781 votes. This is why we say every vote genuinely does count. Uh, The 2020 ballots were hand counted and the election results were confirmed during an audit ordered by the lieutenant governor in December of
0: 2020. And since then, three... Three incumbents, all with different political ideologies, have won re-election to three statewide offices in 2022 through ranked choice voting, such as Governor Mike Dunleavy, a more conservative Republican, prominent Senator Lisa Murkowski, a very moderate Republican, And then also Representative Mary Potola, the first Democrat from Alaska in nearly 50 years. So ranked choice voting has truly allowed Alaskans more choice and more voice with their ballots and has resulted in a wide range of politicians that we see coming from Alaska.
1: To get to know the history of ring choice voting firsthand, we have a very special guest with us on the podcast. Jason Gren is a fourth-generation Alaskan who was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska. He served as an independent state representative in the Alaskan State House, representing the 22nd District from 2017 to 2019.
0: Yeah, and in the state legislature, he passed legislation focused on legislative ethics reform and championed economic development reforms for Alaska. And most recently, he worked as the executive director for Alaskans for Better Elections, the election reform advocacy nonprofit that worked to get RCV passed in Alaska back in 2020.
1: So thank you so much, Jason, for joining us on the podcast episode today. And we are so excited to have you on.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to chat and, and uh, share what's going on in Alaska and and share what other uh, other places can learn from from our state about ranked choice voting and and why it's uh, it's really great for voters.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's just jump straight into it. Um. So, as a former state representative and advocate for ranked choice voting, what were the key factors that convinced you that ranked choice voting was the right choice for Alaska's electoral system?
2: Well, you know, when I served in the state house, I ran as a nonpartisan candidate and then one and I had to you know figure out kind of my way without having a party. And I got to talk to voters about what that was like, uh, that experience, uh, the pros and the cons, the good and the bad. But really, it gave me that front row seat, really, of what our old election system in Alaska, which was closed primaries, you know, just pick one person and you have to pick a ballot. And then in the general election, you kind of have to, uh, you know, if you don't like any of the candidates, you know, too bad for you. And it really gave me some some really great insight on talking to both uh, elected officials who I served and other candidates and voters that the system wasn't working for them. You know, sometimes you get uh, a colleague, another elected official going, man, I I wish I could vote for that. But if I do, uh, I'll get punished in my primary or I'd love to serve as an independent just like you, but I need the party support. Uh, I can't run as an independent. I need to, to be a Republican or a Democrat in order to win. And then you talk to voters who go, well, I don't really like either choice, but I have to pick one. That's all I have. And I want to vote. I like voting. I, I know it's important. And so kind of all those different circumstances, uh, you know, I was I got to kind of understand that our system in Alaska needed to be changed. And so the political environment in Alaska was really ripe for um. Changing the system that reflected uh, reflected what voters wanted in Alaska, about 60 percent or more of our registered voters are actually registered as independents. They don't belong to one of the two major parties. And so if that's your philosophy, if that's your mindset as a voter, but then you have to vote for a Republican or a Democrat. Well, maybe I like one or maybe I wish I could vote for for an independent, but I don't want to waste my vote. I don't want to spoil my vote. So kind of all these different discussions I got to have with both voters and other elected officials. Uh, It kind of got me a little more passionate about a reform that would make sense. Uh, Luckily, at that time, there was uh, people who felt that way, just like I did in Alaska. And so uh, people were working on a ballot initiative to change the system in Alaska to an open primary system where the top four people would move on. The top four vote getters would move on to the general election. And in the general election, you got to use ranked choice voting. And uh, in 2020, it passed. In 2022, we used it for the first time, uh, and we're already seeing the benefits of it in Alaska. So, um, it's kind of been a journey, uh, even for myself personally to understand what ranked choice voting is, its benefits, uh, how it can be used, and how uh, voters want to interact with it. And as a campaign person, people involved as with candidates, uh, it takes time for the candidates to learn that too. So, um, so far, really, really great stuff coming from Alaska. Um, you know, it is kind of a, a uh, can be a challenge to to change your system and tell voters why it's good for them because it is so different. But um, uh, I'm a big advocate for it now because we're we're already seeing the the benefits of it for both voters and elected officials. It's been a great a, a great journey.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, this all sounds like the. But we've been hearing from many different organizers, as well as elected officials, that like, you know, they just realized that their system was broken, that, you know, people want one thing, but clearly the system is pushing them against their wants and needs. Um, And so that's amazing that you were able to kind of identify that gap and take that initiative to to um, get RCV moving forward.
2: Yeah, you know, obviously it's a it's a big shift because uh, there's not many places, especially at a statewide level, that that use this system uh, in America. You know, other countries use it. And you talk to the, the politicians and the voters and, and academics and people who have studied those systems in other places. Um, there's a really great conversation I had with someone, a professor from Australia, who uh, Australia uses ranked choice voting in all of theirs. They've used it for, I think, a century now already. Um, but he said, you know, what it does in their elections really is kind of make make them boring. Uh, which, you know, I think a lot of people would be OK with some of our our elections being boring. They just want to vote for good people. They want to have their vote reflect their values um, as opposed to kind of, you know, who can be more extreme or who can be louder or who can run a a, a nastier campaign or um, anything like that. I think voters uh, uh, across Alaska and I think across America are really ready for uh, candidates who are focused on solutions and ballots that allow voters to um, to kind of You know, have have uh, different different tastes on on their on their ballot. You know, maybe you like a Republican, but maybe you also like a moderate Republican. Well, the Republican, the only Republican on the ballot is, you know, to you is very extreme. What choice do you have to vote for the Republican, even though he doesn't reflect much? So if there was someone more more candidates, more options which ranked choice voting allows for, uh, gives voters uh, more power and it gives them a better chance to reflect their values. And like um, I said, in Alaska, you're seeing a lot of people understand that they uh, voters have a new power and uh, they're excited about voting because it actually will reflect um, what they want out of their elected officials, not just uh, the letter next to their name.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah, actually, um, FairVote collected some information from Alaska voters after the 2022 elections and found that a majority of voters, Alaskan voters, found that their ballot mattered more in that most recent election, especially among Alaska Native voters. And so I, I wanted to ask you, like... The adoption of ranked choice voting often requires collaboration between different political parties and stakeholders in states. So how did you build support for RCV and Alaska's landscape? And were there like any unexpected alliances that emerged during this process or unexpected
2: foes as well? Well, I think, you know, the the number one thing about ranked choice voting and and kind of this election reform is that it's nonpartisan. It really, truly is. I was, you know, I was a lifelong Republican. And then I became an independent voter back in 2016. Um, I would talk to Democrats who were who were a fan of the system, other Republicans, other Independents, and across Alaska, um, you know, again as I mentioned, a very high percentage of, of nonpartisan uh, registered voters. Uh, they wanted a, a system that would reflect that. And so you could go to different groups and say, "Hey, this isn't uh, this isn't going to be a trick to vote in more Democrats or some sort of you know scheme to get in more Republicans. Uh, this is really about bringing power to voters." And so with that message, you know, we went across the state to all sorts of different groups and organizations. You could speak in front of a rotary group in a big city like Anchorage, or you could talk to the elders in a, in a small village outside of the road system in rural Alaska and have the same message that this is about bringing power to voters, giving them more choices, giving them more options and giving them a, a chance to reflect their values. And so uh, during the, the campaign, when this was just a ballot initiative, Uh, We had uh, a group. So our group was called Alaskans for better elections. Well, we had Alaska Natives for better elections. We have fishermen for better elections. We had we had different groups who were just interested in in better elections. It wasn't Republicans for better elections or Democrats. It was really just different groups uh, of Alaskans who wanted to change the system that would give them a a better reflection and more power in their vote. And so uh, it was really, really, really neat, actually, to kind of work in different groups uh, like the Alaska Native community around the state. Or groups that maybe had felt unheard in the past or unrepresented in the past, because um, they knew that if there was more candidates on a ballot, there's more chance that someone would align with their values or look like them, as opposed to just you know the red or the D on the ballot. And you have to just pick one, and so this was an opportunity for a lot of groups to feel like they could have someone uh, who would uh, fight for for them and their values, um, or maybe give them a chance to to be better represented in in our system. So. Um, In some ways, it was really uh, it was really easy because you could talk to many different groups about this and say, hey, again, uh, you're in the business community or you're in academics or, you you know, you're a fisherman or, you know, whatever it is. You can talk about how this was going to work for them and their their audience. Um, and, and, And so it was really quite fun to go across the state talking to different groups about this because you didn't have to feel like well, if we go to this place, can, this community, we can only talk to this side or these are the people, you know, like some of initiatives, you can only talk, you know, this is, you got to get your, your voters out, but this was for everyone. This, for, this was, this was for every Alaskan. And so, um, as a lifelong Alaskan myself, um, you know, I could really kind of talk to people about that going, you know, this is for our future. This isn't about, um, you know, making one side or one organization, uh, you know, more powerful. This is really about Alaskan voters and the future. So, um, We really, you know, this was uh, a lot of grassroots work and a lot of work with different community groups, uh, not just one singular focus. And I think because of our nonpartisan message, uh, that really resonated with a lot of people.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you put it both beautifully, and you kind of answered one of our questions. And I would love for you to get a little bit more into that. Um, with just you know exactly what you said, Alaska is known for their vast geographic expanse and in diverse indigenous communities. And so, how were Alaskans able to ensure that you know the benefits and mechanics of ranked choice voting were effect- effectively communicated even before you know um, the ballot initiative and everything took in action, and as well after? Um, and so, like, what were the strategies that were used to Effectively communicate to these um, different populations because, like you said, you know you could be a fisherman, you could be Alaskan Native, you could be a businessman, but you know you still have to be able to talk to all these different people, and especially with a focus on Alaskans Indigenous communities.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, as the uh, as the as the white guy from Anchorage, you know, from the big city in Anchorage, uh, I'm not the best messenger talking to different groups and different uh, different communities around the state. Totally recognize that. You know, you want to meet people where they are. You want people to feel like there's an authentic voice and someone who does understand this, who's not um, just, you know, the person from, from the big city of Anchorage or who doesn't really understand the, uh, at a good level, you know, the, the culture or their history or what they're concerned about. And so um, we worked with a lot of different groups, a lot of different uh, community leaders uh, to, to share the story about, you know, why this election reform was important, uh, share the benefits of that, and then really utilize different like I said, community leaders, uh, respected uh, people in the community, different elders in in, in those groups, um, to really kind of be the uh, to be the lead on on talking about um, you know and meeting people um, exactly where they are and talk about this because you want an authentic voice. You want people to realize, understand, like this is um, again, this is not about uh, Jason and his view and what he wants, but this is about Alaska and what we can do, and and we all have you know different priorities. We have different, um, you know, history and context of why we vote a certain way. And so uh, it did take a lot of work meeting with different groups and and leaders. But I think, again, coming at it from an authentic place uh, with really just, you know, a with with real data, with real, um, um, you know, uh, examples of, of why this can work. And and really kind of showing like if this is this was in place what could we be doing differently how could we how could this impact your community Um, and how could this impact um, those who are elected to represent uh, your area Um, would it be different how how could it have benefited you in the past and how can it benefit you in the future and so um, you know finding those authentic uh, that that authentic message finding those leaders who were um, respected and well known in different communities. Uh, that that was really really important because we again we wanted this to be uh, something that was led from all sorts of different aspects and and perspectives from Alaskans, not just uh, you know a couple of couple of random people in Anchorage um, who who might not who might not be seen as having your best interest or um, not might be telling the whole story. Um, and so it, it, you know we really did focus on on putting together a broad uh, a broad spectrum of of people um, across the state. Across ideologies, you know, across all sorts of different spectrums, uh, to really, uh, you know, share that voice. And then once the ballot measure passed, and we knew that this was going to be the law of the land, uh, we worked with, I mean, pretty much any group that had an audience. Uh, you know, we worked with um, uh, groups of, you know, those who interact with English as a second language voters, uh, homeless people who advocate for homelessness. And want to make sure that they have, they know they can vote and how to vote. Uh, Different, like you know, everything from like your rotary groups and chamber of commerce's uh, to those who are experiencing disabilities, meeting in front of them. You know, so any group uh, who had uh, voters in their audience, we tried uh, to get in front of, and we spent two years before the first election uh, crisscrossing the state you know everything from paid promotion to grassroots work uh working with any group that that was going to have a voter we wanted to make sure that they felt confident about this new system so um you know in 2021 alone i gave 300 presentations across the state uh <laughs> some on zoom some traveling around but it was you know two times a day or four times a week uh giving different presentations cuz we really wanted to make sure that uh, voters felt confident about this new system wanted to use it uh to their advantage uh and felt like this wasn't about just this cycle that they would be using it, but the next cycle as well. To give them a good experience, so they understand the benefits um, and that they want to use it again.
0: Yeah! Wow 300, 300 Zoom like meetings. That's crazy. Uh, yeah.
2: I- uh, yeah Zoom meetings, in person. You know, I'd, I'd uh, be in front of a group of ten people, or I'd be in front of a group of five hundred people. Um, or a zoom meeting with 50 people or a zoom meeting with three people. It was like I said, it was any group that had uh, voters that they interacted with. We wanted to make sure that every every Alaskan knew this system and was confident when they voted on election day that they knew how to use the ballot and they knew that the the, uh, the benefits of this new system for them.
0: Yeah, that's, that's crazy because uh, um, I think we've hit like 150 events so far. So maybe Arizona might be able to pass <laughs> Alaska's um assumed record yeah. for amount of events in the year. But that is, that's definitely uh, like a lot of support and a lot of education went into um, talking to voters. But I mean, behind that, you definitely do need money and fundraising to be able to do this effort. So I wanted to lead into this question as like other states with voter initiative processes like Alaska look towards to having potential RCV ballot measures and just overall the cost of supporting ballot measures has gone up in the, in the recently, especially in Arizona. How did Alaskans for Better Elections fundraise and financially support its efforts to get it passed and educate voters?
2: Yeah, you know, Alaska uh, as a ballot initiative state um, is definitely less expensive than other markets um, because of our low population, because of, um, you know, different uh, our, the, the media market size. And you can you can really reach a lot of people um, at a different cost per, you know, different than Arizona or Washington or, or other states where, you know, there's millions of people. You know, Alaska has a population of about 700,000 people. You figure half of those people vote, um, you know, 60 percent of people vote. Um, and so now you're talking to 350, 400,000 people. Um, well, that's, you know, that's smaller than some cities, right? And the big cities in other States. And so, um, you know, and you can do it in a way too, that is um, is, uh, focused on, like I just mentioned all the work that we did, you know, you don't have to put up billboards and run expensive TV ads. You can meet people and and meet, uh, you know, other Alaskans where they are. Um, even though you have to, you have to fly there since you can't drive to a lot of places in Alaska. But even with that said, you know, the campaign um, for the ballot measure, um, it it was about six or seven million dollars, not a small task at all. And, you know, that's everything from, you know, gathering signatures to having staff to doing paid promotion and things like that. You know, everything from the legal aspects, but also the, you know, running Facebook ads, things like that. Um, And so, you know, we were lucky enough to find other partner organizations who are very uh, focused on improving and even saving democracy in our country um there's groups um you know that very familiar to people who are who are uh involved with this work you know groups like unite America uh represent us um you know uh the the uh, the uh, Institute for Political Innovation. there's all sorts of little groups that are uh, nationwide that you know um, if you have a good idea and you have a good momentum and you have you know some uh, some good strategies that they want to invest in these things because it is very important. That we uh, preserve, uh, you know, the great systems that we do have in our state and in our country, uh, but really make sure that voters are also the focus and voters have the power. And so, um, Alaska, we don't have many groups that are focused—nonprofit uh, groups or or different, um, you know, organizations that um, have the resources um, that we needed. And so, we did have to reach out, uh, you know, across the states to find these more national groups that are involved. Um, and so, it's definitely. Um, you know, for Alaska, it's definitely uh, very lucky to, to be partnering with some of those groups. Um, you know, there's there's criticism to that. People go, well, why can't you raise the money in state? And if you you know, if you don't have the money in state, then uh, you don't have the support of Alaskans. And then it looks like it's not, you know, for your state. Um, and I tell people all the time, you know, it's in Alaska, there's a part of Alaska in our southeast region where it has some of the best surfing in the world. You wouldn't think this, but Alaska is like amazing surfing. You can look it up phenomenal surfing. But if you didn't know that, and I was trying to open up a surf store in Alaska, you'd be like, you're a fool. Like I'm not going to, you know, if, you know, if I was, you know, raising, raising money to open a business, people wouldn't want to invest in that because they don't really know about that. That sounds crazy. Um, Well, if that's my dream and I think, I believe in it, I'm not going to give up just because I can't raise the money in my own state. I'm going to look elsewhere. I'm going to look for other people who believe in me and believe in the idea and understand how, how great it could be. And so, you know, that's, you know, just like a venture capitalist would go out and raise money uh, wherever they could from people who are on their side and believe in them and believe in the idea. Uh, that's what our group did. We found other groups uh, who are, um, you know, focused on the same thing. We are improving democracy, giving power to voters. Um, and and we were able to raise the money. And so, you know, when, when other States are, are going after and fundraising um, I definitely, you know, encourage places to, you know, no stone left, you know unturned you know really kind of find other places and other groups that have the same belief and values that you do and want to improve uh, our election systems in our state and you know as long as they're uh, people with good intentions and are you know are doing what they do uh, uh, ethically um, there's a lot of great individuals and organizations who want to uh, improve uh, election systems in our democracy and so i i give a lot of uh, credit to those organizations uh, both who are funding and groups that are looking for fundraising because it is it is tough
1: yeah it, it definitely is tough um as somebody i mean this is not really anything but like different choice voting but just working in the non sector or just having like an idea that you want to spread across um it's it's very hard to get people to kind of believe in it um you know and to meet them where they are like we've been talking about um so just trying to get those resources anywhere you can and and for our next question, you've kind of been answering this as you go. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> but with, you know, Alaska's experience with ranked choice voting, you know, it does serve as a model for other states looking to reform their own electoral systems. So as you have been doing, what advice would you give to lawmakers, advocates, and other organizers in states who are considering the adoption of ranked choice voting?
2: Well, one like I said, you know, this is to me and You know, my journey through all of this and talking to people and watching this, it really is a nonpartisan effort. It is something that is a voter focused reform. Um, And I don't you know, elections are for voters. They're not for parties. They're not for, you know, the individuals who are running elections are for voters to express themselves and to to share their values of what they see in their community and what they want their future of their, you know, their city or their state or their country to be. And so anything that kind of puts the power back into voters' hands, I think, is usually a good thing. And so from an elected official standpoint, you know, uh, it's hard sometimes for electeds to get on board with the reforms because um, they won under whatever system they're running with, they won. And so they know how to win under that system. Uh, Consultants and strategists and people, they go, hey, look, we know exactly the playbook. We know how to do this under our current system. Why would we change this? Because then we have to learn everything and all these things. But again, if, if um, your mentality is that you want to give voters a stronger voice and a more uh, authentic voice, um, they should be on board because that's really, um, you know, like anything else. If you're trying to improve your city or state, improving the election system and giving voters a uh, getting them excited and giving them more power. That's a good thing. That, that really is a good thing. It also makes your elected officials, I think, uh, listen more and interact more and be a better elected official because they have to talk to more people now. With ranked choice voting, you can't rely on just your your fan base, your number ones. Most likely you're going to need some uh, some of those number two choices, maybe number three choices. And you earn that by talking to more people, people you might have never talked to in the past because if you're running as a Democrat, you probably only have to talk to Democrats and get them excited to vote. And if they vote, you can win. But now you have to talk to maybe some independents, maybe even some moderate Republicans. Uh, and you might learn something from them. You might hear more about them, their concerns. And then when you're serving, it gives you a, an opportunity to really reflect the will of everyone in your district or your state, not just uh, those with the same letter next to your name. And so I think elected officials you know, say, hey, this is going to make me better. This is going to reflect the values and the, and the needs of the community better. It's also going to give the voters more power and, and uh, get them excited about uh, this process, they should be on board, um, you know, from from a voter standpoint, again, you know, 90 percent of Alaskans said that this ballot was simple. It's not confusing. It's not to be intimidated by. Uh, it's not uh, you don't have to play any games. You don't have to worry about spoiler effects. You know, you don't have to worry about wasting your vote. This has all the benefits that you want as a voter. You get to have a backup choice. You've never had a backup choice. I mean, how many times do you probably wish I wish I had someone else I could vote for? Well, now they're going to be on the ballot, hopefully. Um, You know, we tell in in Alaska, uh, one of the races, we have a very small state house and and, uh, state Senate, only 40 in our state house and 20 in our state Senate, very small uh, chambers. But one of our state house races, the top four people who moved on from the primary election were all Republicans. It was a very conservative part of the state, but four Republicans moved on. Well, if if I'm a Republican voter, I have to now do some research. I have to find out which Republican I'm going to rank first and second and third And if I'm one of those Republican candidates, how do I stand out? How do I show myself to be the number one or the number two? You know, how do I how do I earn that? So I have to work harder now. And if I'm a Democrat in that race, well, maybe one of the Republicans is more moderate. And now I have a better chance of, of course, a Republican was going to win just because of the sheer numbers in this district. But now I have a chance to really kind of learn more. And maybe there's a moderate who who has a chance to win, who um, maybe isn't my all time favorite candidate because I, I vote more progressive. But now I have a chance to really reflect value. So from a voter standpoint, this is all um, a win win for voters. And so we, we really you know show people that this is the benefits of this as a voter um, are really, um, really phenomenal. Um, and once they use the system, voters, voters tend to see that too. They go, wow, this was simple, very simple to use. And it gave me more power and more choices. Uh, what's there to hate? Uh, you know, what's there to dislike? It's, it's really quite amazing. And so, uh, as I mentioned, we're already seeing the benefits of this, both to voters and our elected officials and to policy outcomes after just one uh, election cycle in Alaska.
0: Yeah, yeah. The policy has been actually really good out of Alaska. I know you guys have um, some bipartisan coalitions in both your state senate and your state house of Democrats and Republicans working together in coalitions, and they passed a lot of bipartisan legislation. So we're already seeing like the positive effects of ranked choice voting in Alaska. However, Alaska voters might potentially face a repeal of ranked choice voting as the anti-RCV group Alaskans for Honest Elections have announced that they've met around 80% of their um, signature minimum requirements. So what is the strategy going ahead with countering these RCV efforts to make sure that ranked choice voting stays in Alaska?
2: Well, you know, I've mentioned several times that our efforts both to put it on the ballot to educate Alaskans and moving forward has been a nonpartisan effort. Um, If you look at who was on, uh, you know, uh, the leadership of Alaskans for Better Elections and the the different uh, groups that we've brought on and worked with, uh, very nonpartisan, very just talking about the facts, talking about the impacts as a voter, talking about the impacts as an elected official um, and really kind of, you know, presenting a a truthful story in a nonpartisan way. Uh, the group that, uh, you mentioned Alaskans for honest elections, um, incredibly partisan. Um, if you look at who's involved with their group and who they're talking about, um, it's all, um, you know, more uh, very extreme conservative, uh, uh, organizers and people who, um, who, you know, say things that most common sense Alaskans kind of scratch their head. at, go, that doesn't make sense to me. Or actually I know that not to be true. Um, You know, I'd say that particular group is really upset about one race that, um, you know, the state House House race, uh, the U.S. House race uh, that actually a Democrat won. um, They didn't like that outcome. And, you know, for them, you know, this was this is an attack on a system that even though Alaskans found it simple, uh, they uh, 60 percent of Alaskans found races to be more competitive than they have in the past uh, based on all the polling post last election. Um, And as you mentioned, bipartisan work is happening at our our state level. Uh, Good policies that are coming out. Uh, Most Alaskans, when presented with the the information that I've shared or even on their own uh, reflection going, yeah, I actually like that voting. um, I really, truly believe that Alaskans will um, not vote to repeal uh, the new system. Um, You know, they will be using it again in 2024. Um, Even if a ballot measure to repeal it is on that ballot, they'll be using this system on that ballot again. And I think once you kind of look, oh wait, I have this system that I'm using for the second time that I did like. Now I have it. Now I have to ask myself, do I want to repeal this and go back to the old system where I had less power, less choices? Um, I think Alaskans, um, you know, they understand that. That this new system is a model for a lot of other places that other places um, are uh, in some ways jealous of the the new Alaska system uh, from a voter standpoint. And I think Alaskans will uh, reject uh, something that's very partisan, that is focused singularly because, you know, one race didn't go away that one one side wanted it to do. once presented with the facts, once presented with their own reflection of, of how the system works for them, um, I think Alaskans are going to reject um, any sort of repeal to the system. So um, obviously, you know, uh, a lot of work to be done and continuing just showing the benefits to voters, um, educating them on what's what's factual and what's not. Um, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I'd say from from your everyday voter who just wants to vote, wants good stuff to happen out of their out of their state capital. Um, most voters, I, a lot of voters, I think, actually like this new system. And um, um, as we get inch closer to the election cycle in 2024, uh, we'll, we'll really understand the benefits and want to keep it.
0: Yeah. And definitely like with that group that you were talking about, there's definitely a lot of shady activity going on with them. There was a complaint recently filed that alleged that they formed a a church to score disclosure laws with um, fundraising. So definitely... One side is engaging in good faith politics and what other side is definitely engaging in some shady activity to try and move our elections in a, reg- a regressive way?
2: Yeah, you know when it comes to election work uh, campaigning and fundraising and things like that, uh, we all make mistakes. there's mistakes that get made you know, hey, I didn't file something on time or I forgot to file that um, totally understand and that and that's you know um, but when you have groups that, are intentionally, uh, finding ways and, and doing things that, um, you know, don't really pass that red face test or, you know, you tell, you tell someone what they're doing and that just, you know, it smells fishy. Um, and Alaskas are Alaskans are pretty smart and they can kind of see that for what it is. And I think, again, um, you have to question the motives. You have to question, um, those behind those, those actions, um, If, you know, these are just complaints, um, you know, groups that will investigate it and file, um, you know, reports about what happened. But, um, you know, you always want to, um, I think when you're involved with politics and involved with the government, um, you have to go above and beyond to show yourself to be ethical and above and beyond to show yourself to be honest. Um, Like our group, we put on, you know, all of our disclosures, all of our reports on our website. You can see everything that we had filed and then links. To other groups who gave us money, we put links to their filings so you could see who's fi- who's giving them money, not just who's giving us money, but who's giving the groups who are giving us money their money. And so we wanted to be incredibly transparent, wanted to be over, above and beyond uh, with our, um, our standards. Um, and I think, again, Alaskans can kind of see through that and understand you know, who's doing this uh, with good intentions uh, and authenticity for Alaskans and, and who isn't.
1: Yeah. And I, I would just, you know, want to applaud again. Um, I know earlier, you really mentioned a lot about um, diversity and making sure that pe- we meet people where they are. And um, especially with making sure that, you know, you talk to all these different groups and all these different organizations. And, and I think that is another part of like being ethical of making sure that, you know, we meet people where they are, they understand from their own community members. And and that's so important. So again, thank you um, so much uh, for taking the time to come on to the podcast. Uh, you valuable insight into the journey of Race voting alaska and its continuation i uh, sure to help so many other organizers around the country especially youth like us uh, who are just starting off and learning the best practices and strategies towards building a cohesive and inclusive ranked choice voting movement in their own states
2: yeah, thanks for having me. And again, uh, you know, groups that are on, you know, first starting or groups who are halfway through a journey, um, you know, the outcomes of what rain choice voting and, and reforms like this can do, they really can impact the short term and the long term, uh, you know, quality of life and for, for everyone in your, in your community and state and really empower voters. And so I just want to encourage those who are on that journey uh, to keep going. It's definitely worth it. Um, you know, there's 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 tough. Tough challenges along the way. But um, I think, again, as Alaskan can can show, um, it really is a uh, um, it really is worth it. And it really can make a big difference. And um, sometimes it's hard to see that. But I want to promise people it really is uh, something that can be great for for your uh, for your city, for your state um, as we as we look towards the future. So just keep it up.
1: Thank you again so much, Jason, for taking the time to come on to the podcast. Your valuable insights into the journey of ring-choice voting in Alaska is sure to help other organizers around the country, especially youth like us, who are just starting to learn the best practices and strategies towards building a cohesive and inclusive ring-choice voting movement in their own states.
0: All right. Thank you guys so much for listening today. And thank you for constantly tuning in again and again and listening to our growing podcast here at the RCV Roundtable. We're not going to see you in two weeks, but in one week, we'll see you back here on August 7th, where we're going to discuss Ohio's August 8th special election and its potential impacts on ranked choice voting.
1: Yeah, we got to catch up on some of these episodes. So expect to see much more of us in the next couple of weeks.
0: (laughs) Yes. But yeah, everyone remember, embrace your voice, unlock the choice. Thank you guys.